Hello and welcome to this special Sabbath mini edition of the Witch with Books podcast. Today we will be sharing books all about Imbolc, as well as some titles that just feel especially appropriate this chilly time of year. I'm Jason Mankey, and I'm joined as usual by Meg Rosenbrier. Before we get started, where does Imbolc rank for you as a Sabbath, Meg? Is it one of your big four or something a little less than that? Oh, believe it or not, it's one of my big four. And my big four are Yule, Salen, Astera, and Imbolc. Um, and it's and it's so far up for two reasons for me. And I, and, and I bet you're sitting there being like, no Beltane as a Cronunos devotee? But he would hear me out, hear me out. Imbolc is so far up because one, I live in New England. And by February 1st, it's been like two, three months of freezing weather, weather, snow, ice, sand, salt. Everybody's taken down their Christmas and Yule cheer. And I need the celebration in my life for my mental health and for a touchstone that like, you know, because here in Connecticut, it's not even that warm by time May first rolls around. So the spring, this the late spring and into summer holidays are all very similar for me. But Imbolc um, is placed at the perfect time of year, and it is a holiday that I ended uh, that I actually grew up with in uh, the Irish folk community that I was a part of, and it certainly had to have the Catholic flavor to it. Um, but we made virtuous crosses, we did tea leaf divination. Um, so yeah, it's something I grew up with. But how about you, Jason? Are you an Imolk fan? Is it a big four for you? It is probably number five. So, you know, Samhain, Yule. Yule's my number one. I really like Ostara, too. Maybe Beltane after that. It's certainly above Lamas and Midsummer, which, eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I like it. I like the things not really related to the seasonal aspects. I like Bridget or Bride or Breed, depending on how you want to say that particular name. I like the spring cleaning aspects. I like the candles. I like the returning light. I lived in Michigan for a long time. Imbolc was not a spring festival in <laughs> Michigan. I mean, it was the height of winter, and I hated all those books like, The Trees Are Budding. The trees yeah, no. were not budding. It was bad. So I like it, and I like it more as I get older, but it's not in the top four. But each Sabbath's different. Each season is different. I like it. It's, I, I'm not ambivalent. All so, right. Yeah. So I'm not as enthusiastic about In Bulk as Meg is. However, I also did read some books for In Bulk. Uh, so I wanted to talk to the, about books that were specifically about Imbolc to start the show. And the obvious place to start is the book Imbolc by Carl F. Neal, which is part of Llewellyn's Sabbath series. These are tiny little books. They came out, what, three or four years ago? There's one for each Sabbath. They're about $12. 20 years ago, Llewellyn did a similar series, and the books were much bigger and more expensive. I think all of them are out of print now. The Imbolc one was Candle Mass, and it was by <laughs> Amber Kay and Azriel Arian Kay. Anyways, I want to talk a little bit about the Neil book. I have things that I like about it, and I have things that I didn't like about it. So let's start with the bad things. To me, one of the things that makes Imbolc so interesting are the various approaches to it. And some of those approaches 
are also about the day that it is celebrated. So a lot of early witches celebrated on January 31st, calling the holiday February Eve. Scott Cunningham's Wicca, a guide, says that Imbolc is February 2nd. Also something in the book, The White Goddess by Robert Graves. And then a lot of people, of course, celebrate on the 1st. I'm a second guy, and Neil completely dismisses those of us who are seconds, which made me sad. He's also really dismissive of using the word candle mass, which a lot of witches have done to describe the holiday. So there are those quibbles. Also, his Valentine's Day history is entirely wrong, and it made me sad, and I cried a little bit. But other than that, I really like the book if you're looking for rituals, if you're looking for some folklore, if you're looking for crafts to do, and if you're looking for recipes, this book has you covered. There's lots of fun little things to do. The recipes were my favorite part because he discussed how to make cheese from yogurt, which I don't know how to do. And since in bulk is often related to milk, that seemed appropriate. Also how to make butter from cream. So those things I really liked. So there was things I loved about this book. And then there are my quibbles. You know, mine didn't arrive yet, but I, I'm getting the whole series delivered. So I'm excited. And just aesthetically, they're so pleasing. They're so cute. Little. They, they really um, so for my pick, you know, it, it, Jason, if we're going to continue doing these uh, Sabbath episodes, we're certainly going to return to this book again. Um, and it's Stations of the Sun, The Ritual Year in Great Britain by Ronald Hutton. It was published in 1996. And Ronald Hutton is considered by many the quintessential historian of early modern British paganism and folklore. He's a professor at the University of Bristol. Um, you know, and, th- and this book was a challenge to many of the common assumptions surrounding ancient British paganism. It's really a must read when studying the witch's world, wheel of the year. It's such an in-depth scholarly work. It is so well researched. Um, you know, there's a reason this guy is the foremost scholar with, I mean, how many books does he have? Seven. Um, and so this book is, uh, you know, a breakdown of the ritual year in Great Britain. So he, he devotes three chapters, uh, pertaining to midwinter and, um, my favorite of the three chapters. And I want to hear Jason, I want to hear yours too, because I know you're a big fan of Ronald Hutton, but my favorite chapter was, um, the speeding the plow chapter. And this is a medieval agricultural celebration of plowing plowing your agricultural fields um, that is that traditionally began just after Christmas in medieval times. Um, and I, I particularly like this chapter because I feel it's an excellent example of the evolution of pagan or agrarian customs that were meddled with over time by the church um, and ensuing dictums over the centuries. And you kind of get to see how these things get whittled away and then they fire back up again and then they get whittled down and then someone brings it back and, and, you know, and, and, it's this testament to the places in the world that really celebrated this idea of speeding the plow or celebrating the beginning of plowing season um, to this day still find connection to that as opposed to places that didn't heavily celebrate it. So I loved the continuity in this chapter. Um, But personally, I also love it because I came to the concept of speeding the plow through the Irish folk reel, which is, uh, you know, a folk dance named and it's named Speed the Plow. 
And it's a lively tune. It's meant to inspire and tire the dancer. And it's always played at large gatherings. So it's really indicative of a lot of what we talk about at Imbolc, which is all getting together, getting a little rowdy, getting getting rid of those midwinter blues, stepping, you know, getting some exercise. Um, So all those things kind of came together in that chapter for me. But how about you, Jason? What, What part did you like the best? You know I love this book. I think it is the most useful book in my entire library. There are two chapters that stand out for me. So Hutton actually goes in and he looks at how the Irish Celts celebrated the Sabbaths. So there's an in-bulk chapter there. And what we don't know is most everything about how these ancient peoples celebrated the Sabbaths. We can infer some things. We know when they're first mentioned, but Hutton lays out what we really do know. And sometimes when you're reading memes online, you're like, you know, that's probably made up because we don't know that. So that's great. And the Bridget material is fabulous too. And you can see how the goddess evolves into a saint how the customs of the saint were used. Were they customs also of the goddess? We don't know, but I'll tell you, we have like brought all of those customs back into a lot of our in-bulk celebrations, which I think is fair game. Uh, it's just fabulous. And it's a dense book. It's hard to read in places if you're not used to more scholarly things, but you don't have to read the whole book at once. You just read the seasonal chapters through the years. Yeah, and they're not, I mean, it's a long book, but each individual chapter is, you know, 10, 20 pages. It's not, it's, it's, it's also, it's a uh, small bite digestible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're going to talk about this book every time we do a mini Sabbath episode, aren't we? Yeah. You, so you listeners, you should probably just go buy it now. <laughs> Though there's not um, but it, you know, honestly, it's probably one that's at your local library. Absolutely. Um, or can be gotten on loan if you're not ready, you know, willing to spend the 20 bucks right now. It's certainly something that can be gotten on loan. Um, All right. So we're going to revisit that book throughout the year, but there's another book too that I know we're going to revisit throughout the year. Um, And that's probably because the author co-hosts this podcast with me. So we're talking about the witch's wheel of the year by Jason Makey. I I don't know. I think it's your most beloved book, but what do you think? I think the horned God will supplant it, but I do too. Oh, I do too. But you know, it's so new. Yeah. I, So we'll probably come back to this book a lot because the rituals are really strong. There's three rituals for every Sabbath, one for solitaries, one for covens, one for large groups. I wanted to talk about this book in particular today because I love the large group ritual for in bulk, which is all about Bridget in her various aspects. And there are also bits about bringing the light back, fighting for social justice issues, which is important to me. And there's also symbolism of the well. So there's now, a is lot. this the right yeah. of the three Bridget? Bridget? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause this is what I was going to tell you was my favorite ritual. So for sure, take a peek at this ritual, everybody, because that's my favorite too. I think a lot of books about witchcraft, when they have Sabbath rituals, there's no meat on the bone or soy in the tofu. And I really like my book because I think the rituals offer people something to do. So I promise I won't talk about it every time we do a mini Sabbath episode. No, but I think this one is really important because it talk it, it shows the flexibility of the concept of the season with the three different Bridgets. And it's, and like you said, it's a hands-on ritual. Um, and it focuses on three things that are near and dear to my heart, which is community, justice, and healing. 
So, um, you know, I'll be honest, when it came time for me to write my Witch With Me guide to Imolk, we produce, Witch With Me produces like, you know, 20 page PDFs for the new witch that are downloadable on our website. Um, One of the things I included in that um, PDF was a meditation on the community justice healing trifecta for Bridget, um, because Jason inspired me with that. Um, and I, and I think that speaks a lot to, you know, what, which with me stands for, um, but certainly has a place in the, which with me guide to Imolk, which is truly for the new witch. It is a list of correspondences with pictures. It is, um, an, a diagram of a an altar setup that you might want to sample for yourself if you've never set up an altar. It has two different rituals with really basic, easy to get ingredients. It has a blessing for your seeds because believe it or not, what comes next is spring. So this is the time when we start to buy our seeds and bless them and get ready. Um, and of course it comes, you know, with a tarot spread for the season too. So really ha- hands-on, simple, simple, clear, practical magic. So if this is your very first imbolc, um, you know, I say spend the eleven eleven and grab this, grab this goodie. Eleven eleven, I like that. <laughs> um, but you know what, Jason? One of the most interesting things about Imolk is that it's centered on a deity in a way that very few others, you know, other spouts are. Um, Lunasa might be named for Lou. He's not always the centerpiece. So for many witches, Bridget is a huge part of their Imolk rites. So I think it's only right that we, we talk about some books on Bridget. So what about you, Jason? Do you have a favorite? Well, the easiest place to start is Bridget by Courtney Weber. I love Courtney Weber. She's a great writer. It's really immersive. It's fun. Her personality sparkles throughout everything that she writes. Uh, And this book is, of course, all about the goddess Bridget. There's the history and her various aspects. There are also rituals and magic that explore all those various aspects. And then the goddess herself, What I love most about this book, though, is you can tell that Courtney's a devotee. Like, she writes with the passion of loving this goddess, that this is a book of service. This is a book of devotion. It's not clinical, which I think makes it more approachable for a lot of people. So that's my first choice is Bridget by Courtney Weber. So whenever we talk about for you know deities, for me, one great place I recommend people starting is with the Pagan Portal series that's put out through Moon Books. And uh, for the goddess Bridget, uh, Morgan Daimler actually wrote this Pagan Portals, meeting the Celtic goddess of poetry, forge, and healing well. Um, and these books are short books. This one is 74 pages before the appendix. Um, so they're nice entrees into the craft. I think they're also like 11 bucks. So a little bit less expensive than your, than your average, witch book, um, and, you know, Morgan is clinical. Morgan is, um, she's a, you know, she's a linguist. She, you know, there's, there's so much going on in terms of, um, you know, my favorite chapter was the one where she translates from the original language, uh, different mythos on Bridget. So there's, you know, it's very, uh, deep for being so small. Um, but the book doesn't have much on St. Bridget, but the author admits that that's not the scope of the book. Uh, but for me, you know, the liminality of Bridget's identity between pagan goddess and Christian saint is one of the most fascinating parts. So, um, it's a great book. It just didn't, you know, go all the way there for me. It's also, there's the voodoo loa of Mama Brigitte too. I mean, 
Bridget is so fascinating in so many ways. There's just so many aspects. If you don't have time to read a full book, whether it's 75 pages or 200 pages, there's also What is Remembered Lives by Phoenix Le Fay, which has a little chapter on Bridget, which has the history of the goddess and then an activity for connecting with the goddess. You know, if you've got time and you can read eight pages this is a really good place to start and i really love phoenix's writing and we talked about her in our first episode twice uh, so yeah she's podcast, also a master of the ritual of writing a great ritual so really is this podcast is brought to you by phoenix lefay <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic place to start um, and then, you know what, there's actually a brand new book on Bridget coming out, Bridget's Light, Tending the Ancestral Flame of the Beloved Celtic Goddess by Carol Crow and Laura Luella. I know it has a lot of other contributors as well um, of our favorite authors, and it releases, supposedly releases in the coming weeks. Um, but I see that some people already got their copies. I don't normally receive any new releases from Wiser, so I haven't been able to check out the book yet. Um, but I certainly will. Yeah. I don't understand why it didn't come out like the middle of January officially. Like everyone should have gotten I know. Well, I'm, I'm guessing supply chain issues, just like everything else these days, but yeah, agree. You, you, you probably want to read that then. Yeah, I'm hoping I get it by the 1st of February just so I can curl up with it for my in-bulk reading. There you go. And then, you know, there's also a, a bunch of books that are not about in-bulk, um, but they're worthy of talking about because they remind us of the season. Um, Sabbath, you know, Sabbath's more than just January 31st, February 1st, February 2nd. You know, we, we look at it, they're really seasons. There's seasonal things that we ease into and we ease out of. So to do that, um, we thought it might be fun to share some books that we felt particularly relevant to this time of year. Um, so what do you got for us, Jason? My choice is kind of surprising for me, but it's called Witchy Crafts by Lexa Olick. The only bad thing about this book is that it's technically out of print, but you can find copies for five or six dollars. Now, by online. witchy crafts, are we talking witchcraft or arts and crafts? Arts and crafts okay. of witch nature. And this appeals to me at Imbolc because I associate Imbolc so strongly with spring cleaning, new beginnings, and doing crafty things. I mean, you're mostly stuck inside. Even in California today, my wife had to scrape the frost off the car windows. So, I mean, oh, it's cold. Wow. Yeah. No, for us, I mean, that's tragedy. It's yeah, traumatic, so, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of really great crafts in this book. They're simple to do. I'm not crafty at all, and I've done a couple of these. There's also really great pictures and illustrations to sort of lead you through. And one of the things I really, really like about this book is that she encourages the recycling of materials already in your house to make new things. Uh, there's chapters dedicated to each particular month so you can find something specifically for in bulk or you can just make whatever you want because you can't go outside what about you meg what's your choice this time around okay i've so i have two choices so one's a book and one's an oracle deck so we, we promised some people we're going to start talking about tarot and oracle decks that was probably one of our, our biggest uh complaints is that we hadn't talked about those yet um but for my book 
My pick um, is from a series that we will be talking about year round, and it's the um, Elements of Witchcraft series by Llewellyn. Air Magic by Estrella Taylor is the book I'm bringing up today because it is Aquarius season. And when we talk about um, Aquarius is an air sign and a lot of the stuff that Estrella writes about in this Air Magic book are relating right back to Emok season. So we talk about divination, we talk about um you know, the, the crystals and stones that are associated with the season, herbs and botanicals, ways to um, use air magic in your meditations and your spells and your rituals. So what it really does is it gives you kind of a more macro zoomed out picture of the season's energy. Um, and it might be a great place to start um, before, you know, narrowing into specific pagan traditions for the more witch curious to just say, you know, what, what, what am I working with here in terms of broad energy spectrum? So, um, Aquarius season, air magic. Um, oh, and obviously Bridget's the goddess of poetry. So there's that too. I love Um, that. But also I did want to bring up something that, um, you know, Morgan Daimler's book actually made me think about, and she was talking about how in the Irish tradition, um, auguries and animal, um, you know, the, the way animals would move through the forest was kind of like a big thing in terms of, is it going to be good weather? What's going to happen in the coming year? Does this sound familiar at all? Right. And we, and we've kind of continued this tradition with our own punk Satani Phil here in the United States. In some ways, you know, we do divination with him. We say, did, did he see a shadow or not? And this, this comes um, from something that was really common in the winter, t- in the winter time. So there is an Oracle deck out now um, called the winter seal seer animal Oracle deck by Ciolo Thompson. And, I just love it for this time of year because it's, it's partaking in an action that many of our ancestors partook in and that a tradition that we still carry over and teach our school children today. Um, so, and and it's a beautiful deck. Um, it's also, you know, her, her art is just gorgeous on its own. And they also upped the production quality of this deck and some past decks her cards are a little flimsier and these are really nice and strong. So, um, I'll be posting some pictures of those later too, because I've been using the deck and I like it. I love that. Like that reference to air magic and also the reference to the critters running around. Perfect. I think that's why I like in bulk for February 2nd because of groundhog day. I think so. I think it's all about Bill Murray for you, you know, and (laughs) it's about Andy McDowell, but we won't get into that. All right. All right. Fair. Fair. Yeah. So that just about does it for our special mini edition of the Witch with Books podcast. We thank you for listening. I'm Jason Mankey. And I'm Meg Rosenbrier. We're going to be back in a couple weeks with our February show featuring our picks of the month, along with some more favorite tarot decks and books that we can't wait to tell you about. Until then, keep reading and practicing that magic.